Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. London was changing. It had burst out of its city's walls and it had become a monster city. Within it, transformations were taking place in how people made money and spent it. Fortunes were being won and lost on the stock market and at the gambling tables. Lottery days would turn poor widows into modern-day millionaires. Rare as such winds might be, the dream of transformation was a potent one. Fine clothes turned apprentices into gentlemen, at least for the afternoon. There were more and more places, theatres, coffee houses, pleasure gardens, where the poor could rub shoulders with their betters. And while few could afford the luxuries in shops along the Strand, everybody could rub their noses against the new plate glass windows. A frightening new drug, meanwhile, had hit London's streets in the shape of gin. Traditionalists were appalled by these novelties, although societies for the reformation of manners campaigned against biblical vices sex, Sabbath-breaking, and swearing. Their real target was the new tone of London, its delight in idleness, excessive vanity, revelings, luxury, wantonness, lasciviousness, and wardom. You know, times haven't changed that much. That's a description of the, I've got to get this right, the 18th century, the late 1700s in London. And yet when you look behind the words, things haven't changed much. You know, however hard we might find it to accept, particularly when we look upon a small child, it's hard to believe that they've been born with a sinful nature. But time and time again, through history, what we see is left to our own devices, we slip into a terrible condition. That commentator was referring to 18th century England, just before the Wesleyan revival, before that new move of God spread across our nation and probably saved us from a civil uprising that France and other nations suffered. That tendency of the world to fall into ruin wasn't new. It was seen by Paul. This is what he wrote in Galatians 5. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, 
and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they're opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Having encouraged the Galatian church to hold firm to the promise of their faith, rather than going back into slavery and legalism, Paul talks about a number of contrasts. He contrasts the fleshly life with love. But now he recognises that the only way to break the cycle in our lives is through the action of the Holy Spirit in us. And so he encourages us, or rather he encouraged them, and we can learn from it, to walk in the Spirit. To be open to it. To be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting day by day, hour by hour, and minute by minute, as we go through our lives. He was urging them that with each step they took, every decision that they made, it should be characterised by godly decisions rather than the selfish decisions of the world. He pleads with them not to give in. Not to let the desire for worldly things to take hold in their lives. And then he makes it totally clear that the choices that the world makes and those that the spirit makes are at odds with one another. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. There is a battle going on. There is a battle going on in the hearts and the lives of believers. Do we do the things that we really desire to? The things that we know will please our Heavenly Father... Do we do the things that will help us store up riches in heaven? Do we show the likeness of Christ to everyone around us?
Or do we do the things that bring instant pleasure, that make us feel good and reflect the ways of the world? Don't be deceived. This is for all of us a constant battle. Paul encourages the Galatians to make that better choice. And he does it by contrasting the fruit that comes from the two different lifestyles. Firstly, he looks at what we become like if we follow our own selfish desires, the way of the world. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Who would choose to be like that? Yet sadly, as we look around us in society, everywhere we look, people are reflecting exactly those values. Sexual immorality. As we look around our society, morality is increasingly becoming a thing of the past. And those who try and hold out on moral issues are slated and called outdated. Impurity. Instead of young people wanting to keep themselves pure, those who do are singled out as oddballs. They're social outcasts in a culture that now sees the need to start sex education at an ever younger age. Sensuality. The 1960s might be gone, but the phrase, if it feels good, has certainly lingered. There's less and less restraint. We're in an age of modern day hedonism, where if it feels good, it must be good. Live for pleasure. That's what it says. And many people who have a non-Christian viewpoint adhere to that philosophy because they've got no God to answer to. Idolatry. We might not see Baal worship today, but other things have just taken his place and the place of those ancient gods. Materialism is just the worship of money and wealth. People who need to have the newest gadgets, the biggest and the best. The TV for many has become a little god sat in the corner of the room and everything that comes out of its mouth is to be believed. It's an altar which they regularly bow down and worship. How different would our lives be if we spent half the time we spend watching television in prayer and in devotion to our God? Sport is another one. We 
with no disrespect to people who just do like sport and enjoy it, but for many it is something that has gripped our nation. It has become an obsession. Getting to every match, having the latest strip, even when they can't afford it. Sorcery. We don't see a lot of sorcery on our streets, but everywhere we look the issue is alive and well. Spirituality is a major industry, with shops selling all sorts of paraphernalia. We see adverts for all kinds of mystics and mediums and spiritual guides in our newspapers. And this sense of so-called tolerance makes it taboo to criticise anything other than Christianity. Enmity. Animosity and division rule our streets. People have been beaten up outside their own houses just for asking their neighbours to stop antisocial behaviour. And although it's often hidden, racism is alive and well. Strife. Disputes are just a commonplace way of life, whether between nations or individuals. And the differences just do not seem to get resolved. Fits of anger. News reports are regularly filled with stories of unprovoked beatings, stabbings and shootings. Rivalry. Gang culture is again on the increase. Dissension and division. Gossip pervades our communities, seeking to bring division and dissension between neighbours. Unless we're wary, it even creeps into the church now and then. Drunkenness. Binge drinking, underage alcoholics are regularly in the news. And Paul says, and things like these. But this isn't exclusive. This is just the start of the problem. Paul says, these things are evident. You just have to look around to see them. And I think you will agree that things today are really no different than when he wrote to the Galatian church. And the warning is a simple one. That if we have these things in our lives, then we will not inherit the kingdom. That's a stark warning. Because we are a people seeking to inherit the kingdom. The question is, is that how we want to be? Do you want to inherit the kingdom and see its power operating in you and around you? Or do you want to live a life like this? Certainly, that picture of the world is not how Jesus saw things for his followers. Because this is what he said. <coughs> By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. 
It's not by our conformance with worldly standards that we are going to stand out as Christians. It's by the very fact that we show something different in our lives. Paul reinforced that when he wrote to the church in Rome. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But having painted quite a bleak picture of the world, Paul then encourages the Galatians that the action of allowing the Holy Spirit to reign in their lives will bring a very different kind of harvest. This is what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The Holy Spirit does not just protect us from sinful thoughts and actions. It starts to produce positive attitudes and responses in our lives. Instead of aggression... It enables us to respond with gentleness, with love and with kindness. Instead of hatred, he enables us to find love for people that we would otherwise find difficult. As a result, our lives become filled with joy as the negative feelings are dealt with. Our love for people means that we're able to treat them in a new and different way. Because we find we have patience instead of frustration and peace instead of upset. But Paul makes it clear. It's our choice. Which of those lists would you prefer to characterise your life? He says in verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. The answer is to live a life where we walk by the Spirit. So how do we do that? What does it mean to live that kind of life? Well, the Greek word used here is stoichio. That's the word for walk that's used in that passage. And its meaning is to walk behind a leader. So the essence of it is rather like the game, follow my leader, wherever the spirit leads, you will follow. how do we do it? It's quite simple. We start off living by the Spirit. And so if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, that has got to be your starting point. 
You can't live by the Spirit until your life is open to his ministry and his power working in you. That's the starting point. It's acceptance and submission to his rule in your life. And then we need to build a relationship. The Holy Spirit is as much part of the Godhead as Jesus or the Father. We need to talk to him. We need particularly to listen to him. We need to learn to recognise his voice and his leading in our lives. And then, as we learn to discern his will and his voice, we need to follow him, step by step. And just like when a child learns to walk, gradually those single steps become joined together. And as they become joined together, one day you will find that you are walking. It starts with single steps, but soon becomes a walk. This is the last in the series on the Holy Spirit that I'm intending to preach. And so this morning I deliberately have kept it very short, because I want us to pray for people. I want us to pray for those who recognise that the world has got a grip on their thinking. Those who are finding that it is all too easy to be conformed to the world rather than to stand out from it. I want us to pray for those who desire to be filled with the Spirit, whether for the first time or not, but those who recognise they need the Holy Spirit working in their lives. I want us to pray for those who are struggling to get free from something that's worldly. Something that they're just finding a problem. Where their minds are captive to a certain way of thinking. But they will be enabled to be released from that and get into a godly way of thinking about things. And I want us to pray for those who are taking the first steps that they will soon be walking day by day with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where it becomes a difficult one. Because I can say, if that applies to you, come out now. But are you going to? Are you going to bring these issues to God this morning? After everything we've talked about over 15 weeks, about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the power that he can bring, the gifting that he can bring, are you going to let the moment pass, or are you going to respond truthfully? Are you going to be conformed to the world, and let pride and embarrassment hold you back or are you going to be conformed to something new if the Holy Spirit is prompting you on something are you going to do something about it this morning because I think God's got some works to do here 
I don't mean that in a nasty way. I mean that in a very positive way. I think God is wanting to bring freedom to some people this morning. And it will be a real shame if negative thoughts from the world get in the way. So how shall we deal with it? Let me ask an oblique question, first of all. If God has been mentioning something to you, even while I've been talking, if you know there's issues that you need prayer for, out of that list, okay, whether you know the world's got a grip on your thinking, whether you know you need to be filled with the Spirit more, whether you know you're struggling with issues, or whether you've been taking those first steps but just need a bit more encouragement and help to turn it into a walk. How many of you would be prepared to come to the front? Well, that's not so bad. If we did it a different way, if we said... Get into a group of three or four and share openly with them what God has been saying to you. How many of you would find that easy? Less. Interesting, isn't it? It's that bit about sharing openly. But how can you pray with people if you don't share openly? Are you that afraid of what people think of you? Okay. Another question. Slightly more difficult one. How many of you know you don't need to respond? How many of you know you don't need to respond? Well, that makes it clear. We're a family together. We've actually just acknowledged that we all have things in our lives that, made, that need dealing with. You know, there's a fallacy that somehow is perpetuated in the church. But some things that we don't get right are worse than other things that we don't get right. That isn't scriptural. Okay? Sin is sin. Straightforward. There aren't good sins and bad sins. There aren't good mistakes and bad mistakes. There aren't big errors and little errors in the Bible. It's all the same. When we hold worldly attitudes, whether it's about sexual morality or whether it's something that the world says is less important, doesn't matter in the Bible, it's all the same. So I'm going to invite you, if you need, know you need to respond, to come out the front in a minute, because actually more people said they could do that. I'm going to ask Tim and Catherine if we can sing that song again, Lord reign in me. Can we sing that one again? And... Uh, I'd just like you to take 
the first time we sing it through, just to consider whether you need to respond. I have a feeling that enough of us need to respond. We're going to end up praying for each other. Okay? But let's take this seriously. Let's walk by the Spirit. Let's start off by living in the Spirit, by seeing His power in our lives day by day. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 